Hello, you fabulous Napa valley file you. On today's episode of Judd's Napa Valley Show, my guest is Michael Deller, the founder of the Lark Creek Restaurant Group, which has great restaurants up and down the state of California, but includes Fish Story right here in downtown Napa. Now, he mentions during the show that he and I have known each other about 40 years. It's hard to believe. But you know what? I really didn't know his story all that well. So this was really fascinating for me to be able to sit down and just dedicate some time to hear how he got to where he is in the restaurant business. Before we get to the show, I want you to have some wine. I want to make it easy for you. Go on to judshill.com, check out what wines we've got available, put some in your basket, and on checkout, type in JNVS, which stands for Judd's Napa Valley Show. Type those in all lowercase letters, and you will get 15% off of your entire wine order. Enjoy. Now, if you're a Judd's Hill Wine Club member, of course, we'll give you a better deal than that. And if you're not a wine club member, I really think you ought to be. We're always having a great time with our wine club members. It's free to join. Information is on the website, as is all of our visiting information. And as always, I invite you to come say hi in person to us here at Judd's Hill. We'd love to see you. We'll show you a good time. Everything can be found at www.juddshill.com. Come see us for a good time. Enjoy today's show. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, Live from the 1440 KVON studio in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Judd Finglesdag. Good morning, Lauren. Top of the day, Judd. Top of the day, Lauren. What's happening with you over there? Oh, well, I'm happy to say that soon enough uh, in November, I'm going to be doing another play in Sonoma. You are? What's this one? Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Is this part of the Broadway Bound Kids series? Yes, it is. And you'll be playing the part of a well, flying monkey. No. No. Uh, the wizard himself. Yes. Really? Well, I haven't been given the part yet officially. Oh, but that's what you're going for? Yes. Did you, uh, did you audition? Uh, we, we haven't auditioned yet. What are you going to present to sell yourself as the, the Wizard of Oz? Um, either this week or, no, I'm sorry, not this week, either next week or the week after. And what will you do? Are you going to sing? Are you going to wear emerald colored clothes? What are you going to do? Uh, I think we might sing or, or dance or Something. Ride in on a horse of a different color? Maybe. (laughs) There you go. Well, good luck. Keep us up to date on that and when you're going to be performing so that we can, you know, let folks know to come see you in The Wizard of Oz. Oh, sure. That'll be fantastic. Speaking of music, we have someone on the line right now who is putting together a program which is certainly near and dear to my heart. It involves ukuleles for kids. It's right here in our community of Napa. And we have Laura Lewis, a science teacher at Harvest Middle School. Laura, are you there? I sure am. Okay, great. Welcome to the show. I want to hear all about this. Tell me what you're doing to get ukes into the hands of the kids there. Awesome. Thank you. So at Harvest Middle School, we um, we really wanted all students to be able to um, take enrichment classes. And 
in the past, um, really only students who didn't need support classes with extra language arts help or extra math help, um, mostly only those kids were the ones that, that had easy access to choir and band and orchestra. Now, because we are, uh, we're becoming what's called an international baccalaureate school, um, one of the components is that, that all kids take a second language. Uh-huh. The, other, the other is that they all have enrichment classes, enrichment opportunities. So we were each um, given an opportunity to, uh, to teach something that we're passionate about in addition to the regular things that we teach. And I, I'm really passionate about music. I wanted to, um, I was really wanting to do something with music. And um, my class is technically a writing class. Mm -hmm. And so I decided that I would make it a songwriting class. And uh, in talking to some other friends in in Napa, one of my friends said, well, why don't you you teach them ukulele? And it was perfect because I had wanted to, um, I had wanted to learn the ukulele myself. And it's it's easy, as you know, to pick up and and make it sound relatively good right away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a great instrument for kids who certainly may not have played an instrument before. Uh, as I understand this program, it's not really an elective. They're put into this program, so they really need something that's accessible. And exactly. a ukulele, it's got four strings. The way it's tuned, you can play chords with you know one finger. Uh, very easy to start playing. So, so this is very cool. These kids, the goal is to get them all a ukulele you know one one per kid i would imagine exactly so what we um what we decided is um you know because of course there's not a whole lot of funding for schools right now right we uh, we set up a campaign um online on a site called gofundme mm-hmm. and um, our goal was to at least start off with a class set of ukuleles that they'll they'll stay in the classroom they'll hang on the wall and i'll have the kids three days a week for a little over an hour twice of the two of those times and one time for about 35 minutes so it's it's enough time for them to uh, to get the feel of it and um they're by the end of the 12 weeks that i have them they will have uh, learned some songs on the ukulele and composed their own simple song well that's two very cool these, yeah two-thirds of these kids have never played a musical instrument so you know i did a journal entry with them and a lot of them said well i just was never really interested and i just my hope is that you know, when, when I get the ukuleles in the hands of these kids, that they, it can't help but to put a smile on people's faces. Yeah. You know, it, just the, the way they sound and... Um, it's almost impossible, make- you're right, not to be happy when you're either playing or hearing a ukulele. And it, 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 just music in general to teach a kid can go a long way to give them great self-esteem, sense of accomplishment, uh, fun, sociability, start a band, play for friends. Um, so how can folks help out? Uh, you've got this GoFundMe. It's, yes, GoFundMe.org. Um, and if, you, if people go straight to that site, they can look up our project name, which is Uke Can Make a Difference for Kids. U-K-A, uh, excuse me, U-K-E, U-K-E, can make a difference for kids. You know, I just went online, and I see GoFundMe.com. I just want to... Um, there's Go, GoFundMe.org is the one. Oh, um, I'm, okay. Well, it must show up on both because I'm on it, and it, it, oh, it's good. at GoFundMe.com. What I did, and this is easy for folks, if you just go to Google and type in Uke can make a difference, it was the first thing that came up, and then I was able Perfect. to click on it. So... You need a few, it looks like your goal, you just need a few hundred dollars more to get a few more ukes, some tuners, and strings. 
Exactly. We um, about we're working with a company down in Long Beach called Ohana, and they're going to be giving us a really good deal on the ukuleles. Yeah, they um, they're very need... supportive of a lot of school events. That's, yeah. that's wonderful of them. We uh, we need about fifteen hundred dollars for the thirty two ukuleles, um, and then uh, and that's what I put up on the website is just to get started getting the ukuleles. Um, we also need help with replacement strings because I'm sure that a few strings might break in this process. Sure, it um, happens. Yes, and um, and then some tuners to um, to tu- to tune these. So we don't use up a whole lot of time uh, tuning them every time. Uh, we just got another, uh, I think, two hundred and fifty dollars from the Napa Valley Ed Foundation, which we're very grateful for. Yeah, yeah um, the so music we're, connection we're very, program. Yeah, we are very close to our to our goal of getting all the ukuleles, uh, and then of course we'll need a couple extra hundred for some tuners and some some replacement strings. But we are. Um, we're so grateful. I mean, this this fundraising campaign has been um, on this website for since I think a week and a half ago, and we've already raised about a thousand dollars. So um, that's good news. It's been a great response, and um, it's it's very cool. All right. Well, I thank you for calling in to tell us about this, uh, listeners. You've got something to do today. Check out. You can make a difference at GoFundMe.org or just Google UKE can make a difference. Have a look at the program. Drop a few bucks. Let's get some ukuleles into the hands of these kids. Uh, It's just great to be able to have music programs to offer, especially these days when programs are being cut, that this can still be offered. So thank you very much, and uh, good luck with it all. I hope I can come in one day and strum for everyone. Oh, we're counting on it. All right. Take care. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Lauren... We have the rest of our show to do, and we have a very special guest sitting here. Would you please do the honors? Sure, Jen. Let's shed the mystique and take a quick peek at where to feed your beak when Greg Grubb you seek. He's the boss of all. That's Lark Creek. Let's welcome this week, Michael Deller. Michael Deller. Thanks, Judd. Lauren? Yeah, you are a restaurateur. An empire builder, a poker ace, and I thank you for making the time. You're a busy dude for coming here to join us and telling us about what's happening with you and the Lark Creek restaurants and here in Napa, and let's, let's get to it. Great. I'm ready. All right. Well, you know, you have, um, you, you've, I was looking at your bio, and you have an interesting story, you know, from your, from your humble beginnings as a Little League groundskeeper in Beverly Hills <laughs> to now restaurant mogul. What was your, what was your path? How did you... How did you come to be who you are in the biz? You have to get to first base. Yeah, that's the most important thing. (laughs) So I grew up in Southern California. In fact, um, most people don't know that you and I have known each other for over 40 years, and I knew you when you were in Los Angeles. There's that connection. Yeah, Yeah, there is. Absolutely. Family, Um, friends from way, way back. You got it. So uh, growing up, going to school, I went to uh, school at the University of Southern California in uh, undergraduate business school and received my MBA there, and then moved to Northern California to go to work for the Clorox company in package goods marketing, oh. and uh, worked my way up through that organization, becoming director of marketing for a new division of the company, the restaurant operations division. Clorox oh. had bought a little restaurant company called Amel Villas Hickory Pit, <laughs> that sounds headquartered good. in Oakland, started in 1928. And in 1979, I was in the restaurant business after being in uh, packaged goods for so long. Was that something that you had anticipated? Was restaurants of interest to you, or you were just told one day, 
take over this and see if you can do a good job with it. Well, I lobbied to get the job. Oh, I, was, okay. uh, I was uh, associate advertising manager running Clorox bleach and new products for the company. Uh -huh. And when this new acquisition took place, uh, I immediately threw my hat into the ring. And after convincing them that I would not put Bernays sauce on the spare ribs, <laughs> I got the job. So it was a barbecue joint, huh? It was, and it was a it was a uh, um, a tame barbecue joint. It wasn't ethnic. It was more of a, a southern, you know, Texas style barbecue. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a great, great, uh, great brand. And we grew it. And then a new CEO came in and decided that uh, restaurants weren't the right path for Clorox, and uh, they were for me. You and liked so it. I did. It, you, I did. It you found that this it was, is your it niche. Was, it was my uh, calling. Oh, good. And I was uh, fortunate enough to team up uh, and become a partner in a company called Spectrum Foods, founded by uh, Larry Mandel and Jerry Magnin back in the early 1970s. Mm -hmm. And with notable restaurants in the Bay Area, MacArthur Park, Prego, Chow, none of which are uh, none of which are still in existence in San Francisco. But my job was to grow the company, mm -hmm. and we did. We grew it. Uh, within a couple of years, sold it to Saga Corporation, uh, which owned uh, Black Angus and, oh, oh, okay. uh, and uh, Grandies and Velvet Turtle, and also a lot of uh, institutional food service. What, what does that mean, institutional food? Well, I've heard that term, uh, but I'm not sure I understand Institutional it. food service would be like uh, a large group feeding. So they had uh, they started uh, as a, a college uh, food oh, okay. service company, Working and uh, and then got into the uh, it then got into the regular retail restaurant business. I see. So you so got involved with this. I did, and um, we sold the company. New owners came in. It was sold again, and then I decided in 19. Uh, 88 to hang up my shingle as a restaurant consultant. One of my first clients uh, was Ernie's Restaurant, yeah. the venerable Ernie's in San Francisco, yeah. one, of the, one of the great landmark restaurants in America. And the Gotti brothers uh, liked uh, the work I was doing for them. They asked me to go look at their country property, which uh, they called Ernie's Country Cousin <laughs> in uh, Larkspur, called the Lark Creek Inn. Sure. So in 1989, I teamed up with a chef partner by the name of Bradley Ogden. Of course. And we bought the Lark Creek Inn. We had 35 investors. It took us six months to raise $850,000 to open it. Is that what and, it was? And uh, it opened on August 22, 1989, to uh, great uh, critical and consumer success. Yeah, you guys were kind of at the forefront, it seemed, of um, kind of a, a new wave of restaurant restaurants and restaurant styles and um, and really bringing this um, I mean folks had been doing a bit of this farm to table before but this was this was getting a lot of big press and you had Bradley Ogden who kind of shot to stardom through this and you got to open many restaurants because of it well we did and you know our whole mantra was uh, seasonality and sustainability and farm to table and while there were a lot of people doing it I think Alice Waters being the you know the most prominent and, right. and uh, important practitioner, uh, it was something that we did. I mean, to the extent that we had our own farm, we, we started out with uh, Jeff Dawson, who was the original Copia gardener. Oh, okay. Uh, great guy. Uh, he had a farm with us over in um, uh, Sonoma, mm -hmm. uh, right at the foot of the Iron Horse uh, Vineyards. And uh, so we, were, we put uh, a few bucks behind Jeff, and he started growing vegetables for us. And uh, before you knew it, uh, we had, uh, you know, a great crop every year. 
and uh, shopping at the farmers markets. And you know, this is about the time when the really fabulous Marin farmers market was uh, getting started, and uh, it was a great farmers market as it still is. Mm-hmm. We'd fill up our pickup truck every uh, Thursday and Sunday, and bring it back to the restaurant and cook pretty spontaneously. The menu changed every day. Every day, so just every day. whatever um, chef was inspired by finding at the markets Absolutely. or being grown uh, for you. Yeah, or we Sonoma. had, you know, we had fishermen and ranchers who'd pull up at the back door, and you know, we'd uh, <laughs> we'd be pretty very spontaneous. I mean, to the point. Would they be unannounced or? <laughs> oftentimes they would be. They the would mushroom be. foragers and all, and so a daily changing menu became the mainstay of of the Lark Creek Inn and, and many of our restaurants. And to the point today, where our seafood restaurants, which includes Fish Story, right here in here Napa, in, in in downtown Napa on the riverfront, has a menu that changes every day. Mm-hmm. It's what fish looks best. It's what fish is presented best by the uh, purveyors that we use, a select group of purveyors. It's what comes out of our two garden plots at now 500 Main, formerly Copia Gardens. So you have one of those plots. This is kind of of them. Excuse me, two of those plots, which is a really cool thing that happened. You know, for those who know Copia, as a as a museum, as a performance space, as a visitor center, is no longer here in Napa, but. Their amazing, incredible garden that that is, even they gave tours of it, it was just one of these destinations in and of itself was to go see the garden, has remained a garden because of chefs and restaurateurs like you keeping it up, keeping it going, farming it, and then being able to utilize the produce in your own restaurants. It has, and I think, uh, you know, Ken Frank led led the charge of organizing the program and then doled out the uh, the plots to uh, various uh, restaurateurs and chefs mm-hmm. around uh, Napa. And uh, today, you know, we're growing, uh, obviously, we have a, a bounty of tomatoes right now. In yeah. fact, it's at Fish Story, it is tomato month. Well, you've got a big banner in front of the, the restaurant that says, what, what's the exact word? Like, Come celebrate tomatoes or party with us. We've got yeah, it's tomatoes. Our, it's or... our annual, annual heirloom tomato celebration, which okay. we've been doing for, you know, our company started 24 years ago, and we've been celebrating tomatoes every year. Every we've, year. We, it's interesting because we started in August. And we said, well, uh, tomatoes are better in September, but we're going to do it in August because by September, sometimes people are tomatoed out. Right, right. But it's interesting for the last – so uh, – and then we moved – so we started in August, and then we then we just had to bite the bullet and say September it has better tomatoes. Okay. So here we are. Now it's tomato month, and uh, – our, our promotion in August, we, we celebrate wild salmon and rosé. So, uh, and many rosés we had from Napa Valley. But this is all tomatoes now, and we have Chef Scott Ekstrom, who's mm-hmm. our new chef at Fish Story, doing a spectacular job. Uh, the former poisonier at uh, Danielle, three Michelin stars in New York, and uh, Ocean Air, another Michelin-starred restaurant, seafood restaurant in New York, oh, wow. has, Just the- has taken charge of the... He's grabbed the fish by the gills, and he's doing a spectacular job. <laughs> and he's a poissonaire. That's that's fancy. May we? Yeah. Well, I guess that's very appropriate. Well, I like that. The tomatoes. You always have something going on at Fish Story. It seems like there's always a party. Either it's the tomato festival or you've got your the, the come celebrate crab when it's Dungeness season. We do that in February. You every February. Every yeah. Feb. Um, with different preparations on the Dungeness Crab. Uh, I saw... When does this happen, when you have the specials on the wine list? It's coming well, in and have a half-price bottle? Is, or? Uh, March is half-price wine. Okay. So in March, we celebrate half-price wine. February is our annual Dungeness Crab Festival. Let's just go month by crab. month. Okay. It seems like there's always something January, happening. we rest. Okay, good. <laughs> After busy December. Yeah. February is our uh, is our annual Dungeness Crab Festival. March... 
uh, half price wine. Every bottle at half price. Wow. If it's on the list, it's half price. And, uh, you know, we've been doing it now for over a dozen years company-wide. People mm. thought I was crazy, and they're right, but it's still well. a great promotion. <laughs> and while we, uh, while we give up a lot of, um, of revenue, we make a lot of friends. Sure. And the interesting thing about it is that we end up selling more dollars of wine at half price than we do on a regular month at full price. Oh, people really come in to drink, I would imagine. They buy they twice that. as much wine that month. Well, get two bottles, sure. That's right. Or, or they get it or, or or they get the wine that they've been looking forward to trying but they didn't want to spend the money on. Right. Oh, I so see. So there's an there's an upgrade mm -hmm. of uh, of wine consumption in terms of uh, people up uh, up uh, grading the, the product they have. It's a great and opportunity to try something new that, you know, might normally be out of your budget or what you're willing to it, spend. It so. is absolutely, and I hope people don't wait till March to come in. <laughs> no, no, no. There's other great <laughs> but, reasons, which we yeah. were just talking about. Every but, um, you know, you, you talked about other events, and in, in May, we have a very big event, and it really ties into the ukulele uh, for schools, oh. which is Teacher Appreciation Month. Yes, that and is so important. I have two daughters who are teachers, and it really uh, is a subject that's near and dear to my heart, and so so for the month of May, and we'll do it again next year, all teachers get the first $10 of their check uh, complimentary, even if they only spend $10. Oh, really? So you can come in and get a great uh, sandwich, uh, uh, you know, a fish sandwich or pastrami sandwich or a big bowl of New England clam chowder mm -hmm. for $10, and it's free. And you don't have to order anything else. There are no other requirements. Every Just teacher, teacher, you can come in as many teachers as you want, many times you want. It's our celebration, and thank you for our teachers. That is a wonderful promotion. I mean, teachers really can't get enough recognition or thanks. My, I come from a long line of teachers as well. You know, my mother, my aunts, yeah. my, both sides, my wife's family. Um, and we have come in, you know, to celebrate teachers. It's it's fantastic. Thank you on Good. behalf of teachers for yeah. that. I mean, I'm happy to tell you about the rest of the events because... Well, let's uh, go. I mean, hey, yeah, we're so, here. It's Fish Story. We're right so, here in Napa, and there's always something happening. Good. So August, August obviously, again, is our uh, wild salmon and rosé. Uh, September, where we are now, is our uh, annual... Heirloom Tomato Festival with, uh, you know, many, many dishes from our garden at Copia featuring the best heirloom tomatoes. Next month, a new promotion. So, so there's something new. It's, it's Pinot Noir and Wild Mushrooms. Oh. So this is going to be a good one, and uh, Scott will uh, really uh, put his best foot forward, and we're going to have great Pinot Noirs from Napa Valley. And I will say one thing, you know, we are part of the Napa Valley Vintners uh, more than half program, so yeah. that more than half of our wines are from Napa Valley. Thank you. On and, behalf uh, of all the Napa Vintners, of well, which I am one. Thank you for uh, uh, making the great wines that you do. Oh, you're welcome. So that comes up in um, in um, uh, September. Uh, excuse me, in um, September. Well, we're in September. In, no, we're, we're in doing September. October. That's October. in October. October. And then November, another promotion that uh, will uh, tickle the heart which is our annual Gingerbread Wishes event. And here, here we uh, support the Make-A-Wish Foundation. We've been doing this. We've raised over $125,000 for them over the last five years. And we, our chefs will prepare a beautiful, soft, uh, tantalizing gingerbread cookie in the shape of the star, which is the symbol and logo for Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh. And it comes to the table with a decorating kit of icing, Mm -hmm. sprinkles, gumdrops, all sorts of good little candies for you to ice it, decorate it, and either eat it there or take it home, or you can buy the it packaged to go. $10 is the price, mm -hmm. and 100% of the proceeds goes to Make-A-Wish Foundation. All to Make-A-Wish. That is all wonderful. That is November. No, that's November. November. All, all right. November. 
All right. So I would imagine kids are welcome. It sounds kind of absolutely. We we have a lot of kids that come in as groups and they uh, they uh, they uh, decorate their cookies together. Oh, how cool is that? Always a full calendar. Uh, is there a website that people can keep track of all this for Fish Story? There sure is. It's uh, F-I-S-H-S-T-O-R-Y, fishstorynapa.com. Fishstorynapa.com. We are going to have to take a little break right now, but when we come back, much more with restaurateur extraordinaire Michael Deller. We'll talk about uh, what's happening in Napa, what's happening in the rest of your restaurant empire, and we'll be back right after these. La, 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 la. And now, back to Napa Valley's ambassador of good times, fine wines, and lame rhymes, John Fingleside. Thank you very much, Lauren Mole. We're here today with Michael Deller, restaurateur extraordinaire, boss of the Lark Creek Restaurants and Fish Story right here in Napa is included in those restaurants. We were talking quite a bit about all the events that happen at Fish Story, and folks should really keep up with that at fishstorynapa.com, right here in the community, always something fun going on. But I'd like to talk about, you know, kind of the menus across the board at your restaurants. Is there a certain concept that you're going for? Does each, I would imagine each restaurant has its own little vibe, but uh, you know, what are you looking for generally? What are you trying to get across as a, as a restaurateur? Well, you know, we still come back to the, the founding mantra that we opened uh, the Lark Creek Inn uh, with in 1989, which is seasonal, sustainable, uh, farm to table, ocean fresh, uh, ranch fresh. Uh, and it, it hasn't wavered, even though, you know, we have a variety of concepts. We have our seafood restaurants, which, of course, includes Fish Story and Lark Creek Blue down at Santana Row in San Jose and Yankee Pier. Uh, in Larksburg, Yankee Pier in Lafayette, and Yankee Pier in Terminal 3, the United Terminal. I've been there. San Francisco Airport. I often stop in there because I know I can get a decent bite at the airport while I'm coming and going. So all of them have menus that change uh, daily as the fish comes in, as fish is ordered and it comes in. And uh, each of them has a different twist, if you will, on seafood. They're all Mm -hmm. chef-driven. Our Group chef uh, is Adrian Hoffman, a James Beard Rising Star finalist when he was the chef at uh, One Market Restaurant. Right on. 2001 uh, finalist. And um, uh, he's responsible really for driving the culinary program, which also includes in the Lark Creek branded restaurants, which would be uh, Lark Creek Steak at uh, Westfield San Francisco Center, Lark Creek in Walnut Creek. That tavern at Lark Creek, formerly the Lark Creek Inn, with casualization of it. We found oh, is that, that the, what happened? We found that the Lark Creek Inn was becoming too special occasion, mm. and we were losing our neighbors. I see. And so we converted it uh, three years ago to the tavern at Lark Creek, made it more casual, took the tablecloths off. Right. And, uh, are there crayons uh, now? Or? <laughs> well, there, well, there's always crayons for the kids. Oh, there are. Okay, and, good. Uh, and good. You know, the kids' program is something that we really uh, pay special attention to, just like our Teacher Appreciation Month. You got to take care of the students too. Well, that's great. So we have terrific, uh, well thought out, helpful uh, kids menus at all our restaurants. But other Lark Creek brands would include Lark Creek Grill. Now that's in Terminal Two at San Francisco Airport. Oh, you got it covered over that's there. That's the uh, American and Virgin American Terminal. All right. And uh, then, of course, One Market Restaurant, uh, Michelin Star at the foot of Market Street. Absolutely. To celebrate our twentieth anniversary. Right next to that is Wine and Wall 
which is a little departure for us. It's a wine shop and art gallery with art-centric wine mm-hmm. and wine-centric art, thus called Wine and Wall. Art-centric wine. I love that. because I, I do believe that wine is an art form. I mean, it's a great blend of science and art, but you've got to be artistic to be able to craft a, a good wine. I think I think you do. Now, the, the newest restaurant is a restaurant in Newport Beach in Fashion Island. Yeah, you're called, invading Southern California. We are. We've invaded. <laughs> uh, it's called Lark Creek Newport Beach. Uh-huh. And it's our actually, it's our second outpost in uh, Southern California. The first being a restaurant that we consulted on at the University of Southern California in their new yes. Ronald Tudor campus center called Morton Fig, named of two big That's right. Morton Bay fig trees out in front. Very successful restaurant. And that is your alma mater. It is my alma mater. Very, very yeah. cool. So we, That's got to feel good. I was proud to be a, back there. It was a great project. And we have another partnership with uh, the Marriott in Santa Clara, home uh, of our San Francisco 49ers effective <laughs> next year. That's right. That's called Parcel 104. And that, what does that refer to? Well, it plays to the, the uh, importance, we think, of the agriculture. And Parcel 104 was the plot number for an original pear orchard that the site of the Santa Clara Marriott uh, is today. Mm. Well, nice. A little nod to history. Um, and all of these restaurants and their info, I would imagine, can be found at www.larkcreek.com. Dot com. That's that's correct. And I'm going to give you one more restaurant, Uh-oh, too, which is... we're not one, done. My goodness, you know, this is an empire. More. Well, this is a little departure for us because okay. we started out seasonal farm fresh American fare. Yeah. But this is a restaurant called Cupola, meaning dome in Italian. Yeah. And it's under the dome on the fourth floor at Westfield San Francisco Center oh. featuring uh, Neapolitan pizza uh, baked in the beautiful Stefano Ferrara 900 degree wood burning oven. Sure. And is this is this been certified? And they had the it's oven certified. going. We've got the official certification or whatever from, it takes. It's all it's all there. So this is uh, one of the few restaurants in the Bay Area actually, which is certified by the uh, Neapolitan Pizza Commission. Man, making it official. So that's it at is. the uh, cupola, cupola at the Westfield, San Francisco. Right. Man, so many great places to eat. You've got. Um, you mentioned one market, and this is. Uh, you know, famous restaurant. And I've got a little story. I don't know if you remember this or not, or if this was a story made up by my parents to get me into the wine business. And I'm going to ask you to confirm this uh, today, because I don't know that I've ever brought this up. But in the mid-90s, when did One Market open? In early 90s, right? Uh, February 16th, 1993. To the day. So right about that time, I would imagine, maybe maybe a couple years, probably a couple years after, my, my folks, who never really put the direct pressure on me to get into the wine business, you know, they had been making wine in the garage when I was a kid. Then they started uh, and built Whitehall Lane Winery back in the 70s up between Rutherford and St. Helena. Then Judd's Hill uh, started in 89. But throughout that, they never really put the pressure on me. So circa, I don't know, 95, I guess, I got this call. I was living um, actually in Los Angeles using my degree in television production, which... I'm kind of, um, you know, I've, I haven't abandoned it totally. I have a new appreciation for the wine business after working in that industry. But we still do our web videos, so I get to use my major. But anyway, they called me up and said, um, Michael Deller contacted us about you know, One Market, his new restaurant there, and he would like to have some of our wine on the list. However, he will only bring it in if you call him. Now, I don't know if you really made that uh, request or... If um, my folks 
made that up to get me into the business just to make a call, just see how it went, you know, maybe an easy sale. Well, how was your meal? <laughs> well, fabulous, of course. Well, then, you know? I, then I did make that call. Okay, thank yeah. you very much. And, you know, the wine showed up there, and I always appreciate that, and I give you credit whether whether it's true or not to you having something to do with getting me back into the wine biz 20 20 years ago at this point. Well, I'd hate to see the wine business without you in it, Judd. It wouldn't be the same. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. It, it might not be, whether that's good or bad, but uh, I've been told I've had an effect one way or the other. Um, now, besides brick-and-mortar restaurants, uh, which we've just talked about, you've gotten into the pastrami business, you know, kind of the Jewish New York-style deli. There was a truck parked here in downtown Napa, Pastronomy, which had fabulous corned beef, Pastrami sandwiches, Rubens, matzo ball soup, pickles, all this wonderful stuff that was previously unavailable here in the food mecca of California, which is Napa Valley, and you provided it. But I haven't seen a park there lately. Can I, may I ask? Of course. Well, pastronomy, which stands for pastrami meeting gastronomy, mm. pastronomy, uh, was a, uh, a dream that uh, a few of us had, including my partner John Schwartz, who is the uh, uh, vintner behind uh, uh, Osame and uh, Muse Bush and several other brands in yeah. partnership with Heidi Barrett. Uh, John and I had an idea that we would like to try to bring a, uh, a real Jewish deli to Napa Valley. Okay. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Well, not seeing a brick-and-mortar establishment available at the time, we decided that we would go into the food truck business. Mm -hmm. And it was an aesthetic success. We had people uh, very excited about it. We catered a lot of events. We uh, parked on the corner of uh, Clinton and Maine, mm -hmm. where we operated uh, Monday through Friday during the uh, lunch hour. And we proved that we could deliver a really good product. Yeah. What we didn't prove is that we could deliver a financially viable food truck. Ah. And so food trucks are a really interesting story. And maybe we'll, we'll do that on another uh, visit okay, to your sure. show. Yeah, I'd love to have you back but, talk but, about it. But really, the, the our appetite for creating a wonderful deli has not uh, uh, left. And so we're looking for a brick-and-mortar site. Oh, good. Uh, since John and I both live in Napa Valley, we'd very much like to do it here. And uh, As a resident of Napa Valley, I would like you to do it here, well, too. Well, okay. And Lauren, what do you say? Would you like a good deli here in town? Uh, maybe. Maybe. It what could is, work. Let's commit no, here, man. Don't you like a good bring sandwich you a, bring or a pickle? You a, bring, yeah, you sure. bring you a sandwich. Oh, sure. I love a good roast beef sandwich. All right. Okay. Good enough. Good. So we'll see We'll see what happens. And we're still looking. And if the right site comes along and the right opportunity, we'll, we'll do it here. Well, you may have just answered the next question I was about to ask you is, um, you know, since Fish Story has been here a few years now and doing well, are there some new projects in the works for Napa? And Maybe this is what you were just talking about. Well, we always look for opportunities. I'll tell you one of the things that we are doing, though, and coming back to Fish Story, is that um, we've done a nice little uh, renovation. Mm -hmm. You know, We believe very strongly that you have to keep pushing the envelope in terms of style and design. And so our new front patio has been uh, opened up uh, and uh, with new furniture and some group seating furniture. The, our riverfront room which is our uh, dining room uh, right on the river next to our outdoor uh, riverfront patio, uh, has uh, now been uh, expanded in terms of its visibility by uh, adding new mirrored walls, and oh, it's uh, okay. become a much more attractive place. It's much more integrated with mm -hmm. the outdoors, which, of course, soon will have the completion of the 175-foot Napa Pier. 
which we're very excited about. Which I hear may even open this week. It, well, that'll be great. Is that? So, are you hearing this? This was in the register this morning. Uh, I only know what I read in the paper. Okay, well, me too. <laughs> so, so, to quote the, a, a famous uh, satirist. <laughs> um, but that's going on. And then we have new lighting, and uh, there's a whole bunch of new... Uh, touches that are taking place in the restaurant, you know, to go with our new culinary program mm -hmm. from Scott Ekstrom. Great. And the bar itself is still pouring and serving. You've got the full bar The bar, bar is service. great, full bar. We, and we also brew our Fish Story Ale, which is a fabulous product, which we brew on site. Yes. And full bar, Fish Story Ale, and uh, we call it the corner bar since it is right on the corner of 3rd yep. and Main, you know, very prominent location. Easy to stumble, I mean, stroll right into. And, yeah, uh, and yeah. hopefully you don't stumble out. No, no, of course not. Well, that's cool. You know, I'm, I'm getting hungry right now. I love that crispy fish sandwich you guys serve up. So maybe that's going to be my, my lunch today, see what's happening. Now, you've got restaurants all over, all over the state of California. Are, does it, do you reach elsewhere throughout the nation? And well, we had, uh, for 10 years, we had a uh, partnership with Caesars Palace. Right. And our restaurant there was Bradley Ogden that's Restaurant. Right, that's right. At Caesars, it was the only restaurant to ever win a James Beard Award in Las Vegas. It was the 2004 uh, James Beard Foundation re Best New Restaurant of the Year in the whole yeah. U.S. Congratulations. And uh, we had a 10-year contract with Caesars in partnership with them, and our 10 years uh, ran out uh, this last year. And um, so that was our only out-of-state restaurant. That's yeah. a great run for Las Vegas. I mean, they ne nothing stays the same. They, They're they, in constant they, renewal. They changed uh, all the time. Yeah. You know, it's a very, uh, very transient uh, population there in terms of its uh, restaurant uh, development. So with places all over, um, why base yourself? I mean, you live here in Napa. I mean, what, what brings you to Napa? You could probably live in any of these great communities where you have businesses. Well, I love, I've, since I moved to Northern California in 1970 and I fell in love with Napa Valley and came here, uh, you know, virtually every other weekend, um, it's a place that I choose to live. Mm -hmm. uh, I always wanted to have a little vineyard, and we do. We have a little Cabernet vineyard on our property on Soda Canyon Road. We grow eight and a half, uh, we have grow, grow eight and a half acres of uh, Clone Four Cab. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we like doing that. Okay, and, that's uh, nice. We like uh, waking up and hearing the birds, and uh, we like going to sleep, uh, hearing the crickets. That's a lovely lifestyle. Are you making wine still? I know you had a. We do. We make some wine. We make a little wine. We have a little brand called Stardust. Stardust, yeah. Yeah, Stardust. And uh, and the rest of the grapes are sold, but uh, you know we we have a philosophy. We only build restaurants in places that we would live. Mm. So if you look at our Geographic uh, profile, Newport Beach, uh, Napa Valley, San Francisco, Walnut Creek, Lafayette, uh, Larkspur in Marin County, uh, Santana Row uh, in, uh, in San Jose. Uh, they're all places that uh, we, would, we would choose to live and our management team would choose to live. And so the key about restaurants is that you've got to be in them all the time. You have to be there every day. Right. And it's not just the chefs and the GMs and the management team and the employees, but it's the people who work with them and become their support network sure. have to be there in the restaurants. I mean, some days I have a five- or six-hour commute going from Napa Valley down to Santana Row or Santa Clara where Parcel 104 is or SFO and, uh, you know, leaving in traffic, coming back in traffic, it's tough, but it's how these businesses need to be run. They're yeah. very hands-on. There's and no you autopilot. You cannot, you can't run them from a computer. No, absolutely not. Well, that's nice that there are places that you and your management would want to be. Makes for, I would imagine, happy uh, staff. It does indeed. <laughs> 
Now, you know, you spend a lot of time in restaurants, and I was doing a little reading about you. Know, I, I came up with this um, article that ran about you in the Napa Valley Register. They asked you, which three people would you like to sit down and have dinner with? And you answered it straight away, but there was no follow-up. So I'm hoping within a couple minutes I could ask you. Your answers were, by the way, the three people you'd most like to have dinner with, Shakespeare, Jim Thorpe, and Golda Meir. Very eclectic group. So, you know, I'm curious. First of all, where would you take them for dinner? And then what would you want to either learn or talk about with each one of those folks? Starting with maybe Shakespeare. Well, you know, Shakespeare, I mean, the, 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 the brilliant of the brilliant, you know, writers. And, and I, I think that, um, you know, I, every year I spend uh, uh, a half a week up in Ashland going to the uh, oh, yeah. Oregon Shakespeare Festival. And I am never, uh, it never ceases to amaze me, you know, the words and the, and the attitude mm. that come from Shakespeare. So I, I would love to uh, glean the secret of the attitude. Ah. So that's what I'd talk to Shakespeare about. I mean, how can I, how can I have that attitude that's always, you know, so even when it's serious, there's a certain glibness to it. Right. That, uh, you know, even tragedy has these fleeting uh, moments of uh, of frivolity, and, and so I would I would go for that. I tend to be a little too serious, and so I would Balance I'd go to Shakespeare out. and say, "Give me the comedy." Cool. Okay, yep. great. I love that answer. Uh, Jim Thorpe, famous athlete. Well, they're, they're probably the greatest athlete of all time, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, coming from uh, his you know Indian roots and coming up to be the greatest athlete of all time, uh, which I think. Um, uh, to me, it's 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 the drive, and it's how to overcome adversity, and certainly the adversity that he overcame to become successful uh, is uh, is is legendary. Yeah. And and then the tragedy that uh, befell him, um, you know, be maybe I could uh, you know give him a a shoulder to lean on too. Oh, that'd be nice. Give him a little support. Then we move on to, you know, great uh, statesperson, stateswoman, Golda Meir. What would you like to glean from her? Well, you know, I mean, here's a, here, a female head of state who, mm -hmm. uh, who uh, uh, was part of uh, a nation becoming a nation, yeah. you know. Uh, it just, it, to me, the thing about her is, is um, just the, the, the strength of force. And decision making. I mean, mm. so you know, we could argue, you know, as a business person, uh, I'd love to glean some things from her about decision making. That would be incredible because she had some tough ones that needed to be decided, you know, lickety split, or else that could have meant could have meant the end of uh, the existence you in, know, in for a, a nation moment. in yep. a moment. Cool. Wow. Well, I'm glad we followed that up because I was very intrigued by those answers, but it was just names. You know, it didn't say why you would want to. Why do that? And something else. In, oh, did you have something? Well, to I was add just going. I was just going to simply say, as I reflect on, um, as I reflect on my uh, my wish, I don't think I'd change it. No. No. Nobody you'd add to track. Well, I mean, I, it's hard to limit it to three. Sure. But I, I think this would be this would be a great group. Yeah. I'd, I'd uh, that would be wonderful. No doubt about it. Uh, something else in that article I got a kick out of. It asked you, "What was your worst job ever?" And you, being you know, Mr. Restaurant, uh, you said KP in the Army. 
Yeah, boy, that was really that was tough. I mean, I uh, I was not meant for the army, or, or being in the kitchen in the army, <laughs> or being in the kitchen there. Well, being in the kitchen in the army was better than being in a lot of places in the army. Yes. Yeah. The, my my fondest memory is peeling potatoes. But the thing is, they had a machine that peeled the potatoes, and it had like sandpaper in the inside of it, and it was like a centrifuge. Oh. And the potato farmers were very cagey, and about every twentieth potato would be a rock. And really? then you'd have to you'd have to stop the machine, pull it out, sometimes dismantle it because oh. the rock would foul up the machinery. That was my that's a vivid memory of uh, of the worst side of eating, which is peeling potatoes and rocks in a machine at uh, four in the morning doing KP in the army. Uh, getting breakfast ready. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Michael, do you go nuts for donuts? Do I go nuts for donuts? That's the question put in front of me. You just heard that well, clump. For the, for the right big, for the right donut. That was just a big box of donuts being leveled. Um, wow, look at that. This is from our very own Buttercream Bakery Wonderful. here in Napa, which oh, boy. can't deny these. Here's a selection. The Pink Palace. There are six donuts there. What I'd like you to do is choose one of those donuts. We've got uh, kind of a cinnamon buttermilk nub, uh, apple spice, maple old-fashioned, a pink glaze, a jelly and a chocolate cake. Grab one of those. Your choice, anyone. All right. Okay. This is a little psychological profile. See which one you choose. Oh, look at that. Is nope. it, what kind of jelly's in that? I believe donut? it's a raspberry. Wow, raspberry jelly. Yeah. That's a well, tough decision. It is really. Is that a glazed donut? That is, that is the apple spice. It's glazed, apple yes, spice. but it's like an apple spice. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for. You know, I'm taking that one. Go for that one. It's the smallest. <laughs> They're all pretty big. But it big. reminds me. It reminds me of the the old glazed donuts that I used to get from the Helms Bakery truck in Los Angeles. Oh, down in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, have a bite of that, Lauren. Right. Help yourself if you want. And as you nibble that, sitting here in Napa Valley, I'm going to ask you, what um, you know, you being a food and wine. Expert, maven, master, as it were. What would you be pairing with that? You can usually ask for a wine pairing, but you know, Mr. Restaurant, you can go with maybe one of the dishes from one of your restaurants. What, along with that apple spice donut, what, what are you having with that? Well, you know, milk is always a natural. Sure. So I think milk would be high on my list, but maybe like a natural apple. Uh, juice or apple cider, maybe a natural apple cider. Just a continuum of the apple flavor. It could, we could go there, you know, and certainly coffee. I mean, you couldn't, yeah, sure, you couldn't be wrong with coffee. No, I like the, I like the milk though. I mean, we have some happy cows here in the valley. We have we some do. nice apple orchards. Yep. Um, give a nod to our neighbors in Sonoma with their Gravenstein apples. We've got some good juice here. Okay, and now it's time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This. Is Mad Libs. Thank you, Lauren Mole. So, Michael, I think you know how this game works. This is the fun and kooky fill-in-the-blank game. You can finish your donut. You know, we've got a few minutes here. We don't need to rush through this. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you for some, some words, some forms of grammar, whatever it is, to fill in the blanks. We're going to fill in the blanks and see what we can come up with. And take a little sip of that coffee, wash down that apple spice. And here we go. The first thing that I'm going to need is a number. A number. Any number. All right. Number eight. Eight. Yep. All right. How about another number? Another number. Yes. Um, one billion. <laughs> one billion. Okay. A year. Could be any year. A year. Yes. Um, 1492. Ah, remember it well. 1492, a plural noun. A plural noun. Mm -hmm. um, escargot. Ooh, es 
go. I like it. An adjective, a fine descriptor. Okay. Um, how about um, suspicious? <laughs> okay. I'm getting suspicious. All right. An adjective, finally. Um, well, a, a word for your disposition, rosy. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm going to quote you on that. I'm putting that on my bio. Yeah, what about me, too? <laughs> I'm more of a rosy guy, too. You got it also. (laughs) All right, Lauren, Mr. Rosie. Uh, Michael Deller, I went on to www.larkcreek.com and looked at your bio that is posted there, as well as a very handsome picture of yourself, and took out a little blurb about you from your bio, which you have now just rewritten via Mad Libs. Let's read it, shall we? This is a brief but packed full of laughs, we hope. Let's see. Here we go. Michael Deller is co-founder, president, and CEO of the $8, 1 billion property Lark Creek Restaurant Group. So you're, yeah, I got you're, those not, reversed. you're not really uh, making a whole lot out of all those locations. Eight bucks a year out of 1 billion properties. All right. Founded in 1492, the group... The group <laughs> yeah, I feel like it. Yeah. Uh-oh. The group is dedicated to offering seasonal farm-fresh escargot. Yeah, right Ooh. from my garden. Getting the snails out of the garden. Um, okay, farm-fresh escargot, suspicious wine and spirits offerings, <laughs> caring professional service, and rosy value. That's rosy. Okay. I like that yeah. very much. Michael, I want to thank you very much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, for folks who want to visit the restaurants, come to Fish Story here in downtown Napa or LarkCreek.com to find out all about the other locations. Any last quick word or wish for the listening audience? Well, again, uh, right now we're in the middle of our heirloom tomato month at lunch and dinner, seven days a week. And uh, we'd love to see our friends uh, from KVON right, uh, right at our doorstep. Great. Well, thanks again for joining us. You're listening to 1440 AM, KVON, Napa Valley. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a fantastically fun Finkel Fest.